Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Aggregators and Brands show. Uh, this is Hi, CEO and co-founder of EVA. Uh, I have my co-host, uh, Omar. He is the head of uh, and the founder of the Margin Business. And uh, we have our guests, uh, guest uh, Mitchell. Uh, and uh, Mitchell is the uh, head of e-commerce, if I'm not mistaken, uh, at the Pierce <laughs> Capital. Welcome, Mitchell. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So, you know, today, um, again, we want to talk uh, about uh, the aggregators and brands. Now we are in 2022 uh, and it so looks fast. like uh, it's so fast, <laughs> right? It's almost like uh, Time flies, you know, fun. half of the month is passed. Uh, obviously, uh, the world is struggling with Omicron and, uh, you know, COVID. But the Amazon world is uh, world continues to grow, which is one thing, you know. I they see, don't they don't have Omicron. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it looks like there is no digital version of that virus, at least, or I don't know. Like it, it seems like uh, you know the the brands are growing, the resellers are growing, the business is on. Amazon is doing well. I mean, this is my. Uh, my kind of review, I mean, because we are checking more than 1,500 uh, brands and uh, resellers on Amazon. They are on the EVA platform. And I can tell you that, wow, I mean, this January, the last 15 days was also a, a very good 15 days. So it looks like people are selling, growing, which means they need more money. Maybe they need more, uh, you know, funding. It will be good for Mitchell. So Mitchell, uh, yeah, so uh, tell us about yourself and, uh, and then maybe we can jump into, you know, the, the how you feel about the aggregators and the strategy so far in last year, as well as what you think uh, for the next year. No problem. I Thank mean, you guys year. for having me on. Uh, so a little bit about myself. I work with Pierce Capital, like you said, where I'm the head of the e-commerce division. And I came on board to Pierce around two years ago, uh, right in the beginning of the COVID pandemic, where I really saw that there was a very big shift of people going online in terms of shopping and buying. And I really saw that there was an opportunity to work with small business owners in the Amazon and e-commerce community and really help them achieve the success and goals they wanted. And they, all they needed was an additional spurt of capital. My head started turning, I started, my wheels started going in motion and then ultimately came on board and we started really finding success and helping these sellers out and really going through them and working with them and helping them buy their inventory, like you said, helping them spend money on advertising and really get their business to the next level. And one of the, it's great talking to these sellers and working with them because you really get to know them on a personal basis. And it's very rewarding, satisfactory when you get to talk to them and see how happy they are, how their business is thriving. Yeah, I think, I think this is definitely one of the main reasons why there should be so, so many aggregators and as well M&A firms, because it's super important. Every single firms of these have different approaches to customers, you know, and, and like, like you at the moment um, uh, explained it, you know, it's uh, uh, that, you know, when you're fresh in the business as well, you have a complete other approach because you really want to see um, the brands or the, 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 the owners of the brands being happy because, you know, it's everything what they got and they want to sell it or they want to be uh, um, helped how they can uh, grow with it. 
be it through funding or uh, helping them. So I think is the approach is super important, um, what you just mentioned. And uh, I think um, with companies like yours, uh, the help uh, what, what sellers could get is, is really good. And as well, you know, we're, we're shifting into a very fast paced uh, economy right now. Um, we have uh, um, re retailers, we have brand control, which now uh, taken, I think it takes away from the bigger organization and goes into the, uh, the small retailers or the brand owners and the brand owners are getting bought by, uh, by the aggregators. So I'm coming now into some waters where, where I have a, a question. Um, what do you think? Um, wouldn't it be some kind of too much uh, competition between all of these parties at some point? Because uh, you know the, the, the smaller brands want to keep their brands and the aggregators obviously want to buy them. So and Amazon increasing their prices. Uh, there will be, uh, uh, this is, this will be like, like a fight, you know, I'm, I'm like 2022 is, is really uh, going to another level uh, in, in that pace. So I would, I would really like to understand what do you think about it and uh, where do you think this is heading? I think that, I mean, from an aggregator's perspective, they really got to differentiate themselves on how they approach the seller and what they're really looking for in the specific brand. From a brand point of view, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you're, they're nurturing their baby. Their business is their baby. They want to differentiate. They want to really go out there and help and help it out and see how it can mature and move. And I think that's what's going to put it apart between different aggregators, what they're selling, what industries they're going for, what products they're going to look into. You can't go in there and look at what the majority of the public is doing because then you're just going to be one in a million. And you're not going to be able to really have a differentiating factor when you're getting approached by an aggregator. But if you find small tendencies and small items and things that people might not really know real well, but and you really invest in it, nurture it, rank on it, the aggregator is going to really notice you and they come after you more. And then all, like you said before, it's all about their approach, how they talk to you, how everything works to that point of exit. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I see, obviously, two years ago, you said that, you know, you started working on it right away in the pandemic. And, uh, and uh, also the aggregators also started being very active in the last two years. And if you look at like the year before, uh, they were just looking after this uh, FBA business. That was kind of the only thing. What I'm hearing right now is like the aggregators look look for businesses which are not only on Amazon, but also on Shopify, Walmart, Omnichannel. They are looking for the brands that have some brand value, some type of an R&D, that it's not just a, a copy product for, from, uh, from China or somewhere else that they just put the labels on it. So, you know, the, things are a bit changing towards like, you know, to build the next generation uh, Procter & Gamble, which pretty much all aggregators are telling that they want to be the next Procter & Gamble. Well, but you know, the PNG is there because of their R&D budget. They spend uh, billions of dollars into that. It seems like uh, now I see the aggregators moving towards that, that direction of uh, checking the, the R&D budgets and trying to find this unique products in niche uh, categories. So what would be, uh, Mitchell, also you are talking to a lot of sellers. Um, maybe we can take the question from two angles. One, 
what would be the brand strategy to deal with the aggregators? What should they focus on if they have an exit strategy? Maybe we can talk about that. And then also in general, your advices, your recommendations, or what you're seeing with the with the brands and uh, resellers that they are talking they are talking to you. Well, like you mentioned, I mean, I think the brand should have diversity in itself. I think you should have to be able to sell your product line across different channels. I think that really puts you above and beyond your competition. And then in terms of getting your valuation and your exit, I mean, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is when you're under LOI for a brand, I think it's very important to actually put your, to go full forward and spend money, get inventory, go marketing, get everything in order. Because when you get to that point where you want to negotiate with the aggregator and you're trying to get the highest valuation possible and you have a lot of inventory on hand and you really went forward, you could come in there with a very strong hand in terms of the negotiation process. So can we say that like, uh, you know, grow first and optimize profits later or you think it should be done both in parallel? I think it should be done both in parallel. I think you, if you understand the product you're selling, you understand how you're ranking and things are starting to work for you from the ground up, then you should really put your foot on the gas and really go for the growth mode because then you're going to understand the micro details of your own business and how to really break it down. And then you're already growing at nice rates. Your business is expanding and that's really going to put you above and beyond when you're trying to exit and get a, value, a high valuation for your business. I mean, this is exactly where, where, where what I'm seeing, you know, because as, as everything grows, as uh, um, brands growing, as aggregators growing, we are more and more in need of tech um, because 20, 2021 was already a beginning. But I, for my, or from what I see or from what I uh, felt, it was not enough. There was still need uh, in 2022 to get a lot of tech in tech. Uh, what I mean with tech is like uh, softwares like EvaGuru, where you can really see what you're doing, actually, where you're standing. Because if you can imagine, if you have, uh, uh, let's, let's not talk about 8,000 articles in your, in your Amazon uh, uh, um, shop. I mean, like we talk about 100, let's, let's say 100, you know, and they sell really good. You can pretty much and pretty fast lose uh, track of everything. This goes for uh, aggregators or this goes as well for, uh, for retail sellers, especially for aggregators. Because every time somebody new comes in, a new employee, because they hire as well a lot, need to see what is going on, have an overview, because they're not all the time with the brands. They cannot see um, what, what happened before. I mean, they're not following up on it. I mean, they come fresh in and some data analysts sit down and can see the data directly. I think this is super important for 2022. And I see a big rise for tools or agencies in 2022. Um, because from uh, like humans cannot process the, all the data anymore on uh, where we where we actually going. Um, where do you see uh, this evolution going? And um, uh, do do you still think that there will be like uh, smaller sellers in a, within a few years, like one or a two man uh, a group uh, which running a business? Because what I see, I I don't really. I cannot see this anymore. I think we go really 100% uh, professional right now. 
I think we're also going to go 100% professional as well. I mean, of course, there are going to be anomalies where you're going to run into the seller or the company, the brand that has one to five employees. It's going to happen. They're going to find ways to make ends meet. But I think the vast majority is you're going to see businesses really come in there with several, multiple employees. They're going to use technologies, like you said, because they need to get smarter with their business decisions. You have, like, like you mentioned, you have a product like Eva Guru that can optimize your inventory and do repricing for you in real time within 24 hours, even quicker at this yeah. point. So you're going to have people that are going to start op wanting to optimize and see the information that's available to them and make quick decisions, whether they want to pivot from what they're doing currently to something new, or they want to really push put the put a uh, foot on the gas and really go all in on what they're doing currently. They need to be able to make these decisions at a at very quickly. And in some instances at a glance. So like you mentioned before, these technologies that are here, we're going to probably see some more of them come into the a picture. You're going to see people with very creative ideas on how to optimize certain parts of your Amazon data and make it very, very available for you. And we're, we're going to see a lot of people start using them and really trying to differentiate the product. But also, I, what I also do see from like the aggregator side is we right now we see a lot of different aggregators in the picture, big aggregators. I still think that there are going to be more aggregators coming in, but maybe they're going to be targeting different different verticals. You might have company X targeting the health and beauty industry. You might have company B targeting the vitamin and supplement industry, where company X doesn't even want to look at it. And then you're going to have these sellers now. They're going to be smarter. They're like, hey, we know what we're doing. We know what industry we we know what category we sell. Let's get us in the best version of that category that specific niche. So that company that's only specific for us will give us the valuation we're looking for. That's where I kind of see the trend going in 2022 and further on. I mean, we have, sorry, we have seen as well um, a kind of a shift uh, where, where we see that region, uh, we even going down because you mentioned the, 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 um, the, the focus on, on, on different niches maybe and now what I see as well is different regions even now being targeted. We don't, we don't even just talk about US or Europe. We talk about Eastern Europe. We talk about Middle East. We talk about uh, really uh, particular areas in Asia. It's, it's exactly what I'm seeing. So this is, uh, makes a lot of sense because when we see this, we can as well say you, you slow, slow down, you go in down, focus on, on, on other niches. Um, because last last week where we spoke, uh, no, it was already three weeks ago. Sorry, hi. <laughs> we were speaking about um, the PPC side of it because this is as well uh, um, very important. Um, from what I read, uh, and this is, I think, as well the reason because everything is now folk, more focused. It's not more so broad. Um, this is what I see right now as well. Um, it should increase by 50% from now on the PPC costs, which, yeah. will, which will set a complete uh, crazy price. And some people without taking a loan will not even be able anymore to, uh, to run PPC ads for uh, until the end of the month. Where is this going high? What do you, <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, that is, you know, one thing that I was thinking, by the way, before that question is like, uh, you know, if you if you even exclude Trust.io, probably the aggregators today are not holding more than a couple of hundred brands. Uh, I mean, maybe Trust.io is another 150 brands or something. But in total of like maybe 25, 30,000 brands that are selling on Amazon, uh, and even it's more, but let's even exclude the ones which are copy of each other. Still, it's very tiny. You know, it's a tiny bit of the Amazon space, but they are basically creating a lot of noise. 
and uh, and the competition and back to your question last year the advertising costs increased roughly 25 30 percent and it seems like uh, the increase will continue the the kind of the cost of the advertising will continue to increase this year i think we can easily assume another 25 percent um, inventory is getting a bit better, you know, like we were, we mentioned that the Amazon API scores kind of increased, the number of units increased, but yeah. the problem is the cost of 3PL, uh, and for your information guys now is Eva, we have two um, 3PL warehouses, one is in Houston and the other one is in California. Mm -hmm. And we expanded, we doubled the capacity like two months ago. And right now the capacity is full, but on top of that, like there is more customers are coming. We are going to expand it again, but the cost of running the warehouse is getting also more expensive. And the cost of freight is huge. Like, you know, from one warehouse to another, from China to uh, California, it's like, you know, another additional 25% increase, I think we can expect as well. So the question will be uh, the brands and even the aggregators, they typically somewhere around, you know, 15 to 30% margin. Let's put it in this way. Okay. It's like the, the net margin is between 15 to 20, 30%. I'm kind of giving a wider, um, you know, you know, interval there. Now, the, the question is if these things happen, the result will be at least uh, two, three, four percent, ten percent drop on the profits in order to compete uh, on Amazon. So, how can they optimize this, uh, Mitchell? Like, uh, you know, and I mean, thank you for both of you. One of the ways is definitely uh, using the software, not anymore analytics. Like, analytics itself is not enough. We call it, um, not, you know, prescriptive analytics, which means uh, it's not only about showing the data, but it's about doing something with the data. So that means using the artificial intelligence, that means like what we do, updating the prices, um, you know, ensuring the reimbursements are done uh, in the right way and probably free, not, not even about paying money. And uh, also restocking optimized, uh, you know, also, uh, you know, without the human intervention. So, Mitchell, what else they can do to increase the profits, both brands, aggregators, any ideas? In terms of increasing profits, I would say they have to implement what the, da what the data is telling them. So they have to be able to see what they're doing from the smart technologies from EVA, and they actually have to make use of it and then go and pivot very quickly because they're not going to have time to really mess around and sit here, well, let's try this and see if it's going to work or see if that's going to work. They have to use the data at a glance and really pivot and see how this is going to enhance their business in the long run. And I think that's very important for them right now. I really do. Because like you mentioned, the costs of everything are, are going to go up and they're going up right now steadily. So Amazon, what they're trying to do, in my opinion, is they're trying to get rid of like the people that are selling on their platform as a side hustle or something on the side. They really want experienced, smart groups of people's companies, individuals going on their marketplace, selling products and making smart business decisions. Because ultimately that's going to make Amazon more money, right? 
So I think that these individuals and the smaller firms that are getting hit by these increased costs have to use the data and the tools available to them in order to make smarter business decisions. They got to do it quick. Otherwise, they're going to get left in the shadows. Uh, I agree. I agree with that completely. Um, and back back to your question. Uh, hi. Um, in order to make more, I think people need now, or uh, because you mentioned the freight costs, which, which, which are completely crazy, I think before Christmas, they were like 23,000 per container. Um, I don't even, if it, I think it was even more, but I, I stopped at 23,000 because this is already uh, way too much. So what, what, what I believe is that um, the best way right now is, for example, for the US to source, maybe even in their own, in their own country, you know, maybe somewhere where, where, where you have um, a lower percentage of, of jobs or something, you know, just create, uh, create something and, and, and let produce there or go to, for example, to Mexico, produce there or, you know, any, every, anything what is near, I, I would produce there. And this is how, this is how I see um, people can cut the costs right now. Uh, I mean, there is no better way because if you look at the time frame, they need to bring the products from China. Uh, uh, which is, uh, if it's not brought by plane, uh, you know, who want to wait three months for their stuff, you know, it's, you need to, you need to order and to reorder and to order. And then you have like six, six boats on the way. It's like, it's, this is completely crazy, you know? So I think right now is really the time to look into different possibilities of sourcing, uh, even if it's more expensive, you know, if you, if you, if you put the cost against uh, um, bringing, bringing all the, 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 the merchandise Far from far east, for example, from from China, uh, I'm sure if you if you do the calculation, you can get better somewhere else. So this is uh, what I think as well will um, will be very soon uh, put into consideration and will leave uh, unfortunately China with a lot less um, income than it has right now. Speaking of sourcing in China, I mean we the Chinese New Year is coming up, so the whole month the whole month is they're going to be shut down. Uh, that, I'm that, already. That, <laughs> it's, it's, it's I mean terrible. it's crazy, and also people are not the Olymp the Winter Olympics are there, so that's going to add to yes. the supply chain issues already. So the lead times are already, the lead times that were already thirty days before like pre pandemic now they're sixty to ninety. You're going to be up between ninety to one hundred and twenty, even one hundred and fifty days right now. If you don't get your orders in, if you're not sourcing correctly, yeah. it's just going to create issues and a lot of problems <laughs> for these businesses that are heavily relying. So, like you said, it's very important to figure out where you're going to be able to source from. And yet, even if it costs more initially. You, you, you have smart technologies, you have different things that and tools accessible to you, and you're going to be able to make smarter business decisions in the long run. So yeah, your initial cost might be a little bit higher, but your businesses are going to do a lot better in the long run. There's a great point. I mean, I think I would like to add one more to that. I think the operational costs, especially like the employee costs or running the operation is super important. Of course, right now, the aggregators kind of hire a lot of people and they don't they have like unlimited uh, resources but going back to the brands uh, i think you know even a million dollar per month business you need to run it super efficiently by spending maybe 10 fifteen thousand dollars at most like and that can yeah. only be done by outsourcing i think i also recommend that you know, like some critical function, you know, except like, you know, or, you know, the orchestration, the management, uh, maybe that function needs to be internal, but it is better to outsource the other functions of listing optimization, even PPC, 
you know, like all types of, uh, you know, content creation uh, and, you know, to, to, to outsource it, outsource it, not just to some, some, some guy in some other country, like low cost, but I think it is more efficient. Like if, if uh, the Amazon sellers think about outsourcing it to the companies, which are cost efficient, and also they are fast, agile, and that can also help uh, as well, you know, like to, to reduce the cost and to be more, more agile, uh, you know, rather than having all these teams internal. I think I would run a brand with like not more than two people, but maybe use five companies to, to handle the rest of the stuff, you know. So, um, and if the business grows, you add more. If the business shrinks, you get rid of one of them, you know. It's kind of like um, makes the, uh, the business agile. So um, one question to you, uh, Mitchell, of which I think it's important um, in our last few minutes right now, like just to understand better. So you guys provide, um, you know, really, uh, you know, great deal of funding to the Amazon sellers, all e-commerce sellers, not only to Amazon. Uh, and, you know, I know Mitchell now for a year, uh, whenever uh, they kind of like engage with a with a, a brand or reseller they are super fast so i can tell you one differentiator <laughs> because with some other uh companies it takes like ages you know fill the forms do this do that i understand that but this can all be done in 48 hours as well but with mitchell and the Pierce capital it's fast and and people need fast decisions you know like nobody wants to spend like uh, two weeks to prepare like a documentation for the definitely the i agree with that but what else is your differentiator why pierce capital why not somewhere else i would say pierce capital i mean we look it's customer service is the number one thing that we do so when working with a seller you're going to be working with me directly i'm going to be on call if you ever have questions that you want to talk to me about you want to go over anything in more detail and then in terms of how we work with our clients we don't we take a, a hands-off approach after we fund, but we want to help a client grow. So we have programs, we have things built in place where we can give clients more capital as they need. We work with different clients if they're struggling and we really help them achieve their ultimate success. So it's not like a, a one time and done ordeal with us. No, we really wanted to make you a member of our peers family for life. And I think that's what really sets us apart. Aside from being competitive in the market and I can go on a list of those things. I would say customer service is really the heart of our culture and our company's values. Right. No, that's great. I mean, I'm also kind of customer obsessed. Uh, one of the yeah. things that we do with Eva, uh, we have this 24 by seven support, which I am very much like uh, inspired by large companies like Salesforce, Stripe and others, which do not have really a very interactive support although they are all billions of dollars valued companies when it comes to support it's like a chat window with a robot and maybe you get something in a couple of hours if you're lucky if not maybe two days later and uh, being customer obsessed and understanding the the pain points of the amazon sellers and trying to be always ready to fund them uh, after the initial engagement, uh, I think that's very important, Mitchell. I've seen that with my own eyes that Mitchell is doing that with a couple of sellers and they are really, really happy like that they know that there is somebody that they can trust. I think building that trust 
is 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 very important. I yeah, definitely. It. Definitely. And this is what we call VIP customer service. We have exactly the, the, the same approach. And I think this, uh, this put us all together uh, in, you know, in, uh, in, for one message. Um, the customer comes first and, you know, everyone is a VIP. This is uh, uh, the most important, what, what, what I'm always saying. And wrapping this up and one last question for you, Mitchell. Um, what would be your message to any brand owner out there? Um, not necessarily if they want to sell, but what would be your message in general? So how can they, how can they, what can they do? How can they improve or uh, where, what should they be uh, careful of? I would say, don't be afraid to take chances and then don't be afraid to pivot when you see that something is turning in a different direction. So it kind of goes back to what we were talking about on today's episode, right? Where we were talking about making smart decisions and taking chances based on the information at hand. So whether that's getting capital to buy inventory, whether that's using a pre-pricer to kind of see what's going on in your business, you gotta be able to really go out there and take chances with to really capitalize on your earning potential and grow. So when you get to that point of you're getting evaluated or you need to go for an exit, you already know what's working, what's not working and how to maximize your profit so you can get that dollar amount you're looking for. Right. right. I mean, I, I would like to even talk about a bit something like on behalf of uh, the Pierce Capital, what I would do if I am an Amazon seller. I mean, what I, I mean, I call something the product market fit, right? Which means that you're able to sell and you're able to sell, let's say every month, the same family of products, 30 to 50K thousand dollars. Now it's already 30, 50,000 dollars. It's already proven that there is a product market fit. And it's already, let's assume that there is a 20 to 30% margin at least on that product. So my question is why not to get the money, which the interest will be much less, let's say, 10 to 15%, you know, you're going to pay, but you have a product which you sell with, let's say 30% margin. The question is get as much as money as possible and push all the angles, sell more, you know, grow your business to from 50K to 200K, because then it will be uh, a good business, a good business that can, uh, that can help you uh, as individual, just to focus 100%, 150% on it, rather than try to deal it as a side hustle or try to do some other work at the same time. Yeah. Because, you know, Definitely. get the money. If there is product market fit, get the money, grow your business, be the king of your business, right? I mean, or the queen. But isn't it better? <laughs> I mean, to yeah. make it like that. No. Of course it's better. I mean, it goes back to, again, what we said. I mean, we're all Pierce is doing and what we're doing is providing you the capital. We take pride in the knowing you're, you're an entrepreneur, you create your business, you know what's best for your business and how to make it grow. So we don't want you to ever come in there with a capital constraint. That's where Pierce is coming in from. So whether we're giving you $15,000 or 500000 or even a million, we know that you're, you have the right plan in place. We've seen the history of your business. We're able to make quick decisions. So here's the capital, go out, go wild, increase it and get those margins up, buy more product. And then hopefully you'll come back to me in a few months. Like, hey, we're ready for, we're ready for an exit. Thank you, Mitch. Like the money you used, we bought so much inventory. We increased our margins by this percentage, that percentage. And now we got the number that we're looking for. 
exactly so this was really a great uh, very uh, very efficient very effective i think conversation thank you thank very you so much, much. Uh, mitchell you know for being with us uh, omar you know thank you uh, for being thank with you. us thank you i thank I you mean... both really <laughs> thank you, thank you guys for having me. i appreciate so, it thank you. thank you thanks a lot thank you.